Well, I'm glad you're here. And you haven't eaten yet, so you should be awake. <laughs> it's the last session, so it's a hard one because you've eaten. <laughs> so, but now you're hungry, and you're going to start smelling food soon because they're out there starting and prepping. And don't just thank my husband when you go out. All those men gave up a lot of their time, and they're out there grilling amazing chicken. If you've been here before, you know about that chicken and all the other food. So. Let's pray. Lord, I am just grateful, so very grateful for every lady that is here today. I am thankful that you brought them here. I am thankful for all the people working behind the scenes. Lord, I'm thankful for what you've done in my heart this year. Lord, I pray that you would continue to help me as I share what you have given me this year. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so there's going to be a first for me this year that I've never done, and I was talking to my husband and trying to do this. Um, if me and the sound people, if Marzi and Chris back there, I am going to attempt to have the um, points on the board for you and a lot of the scripture, but I've never done that before, so we'll see if I messed them up or whatever. So... So my theme is God is my helper, and that is in your book. As I was praying about my topic for this year, we were doing um, ladies' Bible study here at Grace on a book called Encouraging Women of the Bible. If you have not um, seen that Bible study, I encourage you to look it up on Amazon. It is amazing, Encouraging Women of the Bible. In the last lesson and video... The speaker referenced Hebrews 13.6. Hebrews 13.6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The speaker went on to say, um, we don't need that quite yet. So she went on to, to discuss her topic, but I paused in watching the video because she said, she read that verse, the Lord is my helper. And I paused, and the Lord said, that's the topic. So I quickly wrote myself a note on my, in my book. God is my helper. This came at a very good time for me this year, because the last couple of years have been very hard for our family, but especially this year. We did this Bible study lesson in June, a month after my mother-in-law died. If you were here last year, she was the registration table on the exterior wall. She's been at every ladies' conference. I won't go into all the details other than to say that we were her caregivers. I spent a lot of time with her, and her death was unexpected and sudden. I was greatly grieving her loss when this lesson came up in our Bible study. And God reminded me that he is my helper. I don't think that's a phrase we think of in relation to God very often. And ladies, he wants to be my helper and he wants to be your helper too. 
So number one, God is my helper. The word helper or helpers is mentioned 16 times in the Bible. Help, helped, and helping are mentioned 155 times. That is a lot. And when a word or a phrase is repeated often, we need to stop and pay attention and ask why and learn more about it. So under God is my helper, A, what does it mean that he is my helper? He is with us all the time and truly wants to help us. So I want to look at Hebrews 13 and get the context for verse 6 that I read in my opening by backing up to verse 5, which says, Let your conversation or lifestyle be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. The thought continues, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. That's a confident expression there. That's a confident thought. If he is with us and won't leave us, doesn't it make sense to follow that with the Lord is my helper? Because why would he be with us if he wasn't trying to help us? So it makes sense that the thought from verse 5 to verse 6. So he is our helper. So point B, sub point B, how does he help? Hebrews 2.18 says, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, that means <laughs> tested, he is able to succor them that are tempted. The word succor, and that's an old English word that we don't think of very often, means to aid or help. It literally means to, to run to for support. So when Selena was slipping down that wall, God was running to her for support. He was succoring her. He was supporting her. <laughs> Ladies, I can tell you that he has done that for me the last several months. He has aided me. He has come alongside and helped me. A couple of months ago, and I'll explain this in a minute, um, Ashley and John were able to buy Mom's house. But before they were, and we were going through her things and sorting and getting ready for an estate sale and all the things that go with someone close to you dying, and I not only cared for her, but I cleaned her house. I had been doing that for about five years. So every two weeks, I would go clean her house. And if you know me, <laughs> I don't handle clutter well. I don't handle dirt well. I need things neat and orderly. And, and it was all getting to me. The grief was getting to me. The things not being the way she would want them in the house was getting to me. And I was at home, and all the details in my brain of what needed to be done were cluttered. And I told my husband, I got to go. I got to go clean. I got to go to the house. So I went to mom's house. I'm there all alone. And I walked in, and I just stood in her living room that was now partially empty and piles of stuff. 
And I literally cried out to God, I don't understand what you're doing. And I don't know why you took her. He listened and he comforted me. And he did what a parent does. I felt his arms around me. He said, I'm here. I'm here. Psalm 103, 13 and 14 says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He knows how frail we are. He remembereth that we are dust. The word pitieth means compassion. He has compassion on us. He is our Father. And he cares for his children beyond our ability to comprehend. We have just a minute glance of that compassion. But he held me. I could feel that there that day. And then I thanked him for being with me that day. And I started listening to music as I cleaned and praising him for being there with me. See, he understands our need. In John 11, we see the story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were very good friends of Jesus, and if you've been in church any time, you know the story. But Lazarus had just died. So we're not doing the whole story, but let's pick up in verse 32. Then when Mary was come, where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? Then they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Because he was fully God and fully man, he understood Mary and Martha's grief. He was grieving also. His friend had died. He loved Lazarus too. They were close. That day at Mom's house and many days since then, he has reminded me that he understands. And doesn't it help when we know someone understands what we're going through? He understands, and that gives me great comfort. Number two. How do I get his help? A, believe that he is with you. We already looked at Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Never. He will never leave us. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. 
He was with me that day. He was with Selena when she got the news about her son, Thanny. He is a very present help in trouble. He's with us when our friends break our heart. When someone breaks our heart, when we get that cancer diagnosis, when we get any of those hard things, he's there with us. He says he is. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I just taught this in junior church. He was with the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. Did he stop them going into the fire? Does he, did he stop Selena having to go through that trial with her son? No. But he was with those three Hebrew children in the fire. And he's with us in whatever trial we're going through. All of those I wills are emphatic promises. He has promised that he is with us and that he will help us. And he can't break his promises. We can count on those. His promises are different than a spouse, a friend, a co-worker, because he can't and won't break his promises. B, come to him. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Grace. We named the church Grace Baptist Church because we knew we would need his help. Some of you have been here a while have heard that. But let's look in context at the Hebrews 4.16 and back up to verse 15. And let me get there. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted or tested like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, because we have him, that high priest who understands, let us therefore come boldly. We can go to him for help. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And what I'm about to say here, don't take as heresy, but I want to under, and listen to the context. We tend to think of God as high on his throne, right? If he's, uh, Isaiah 6, 1 tells us that he's high and lifted up. He is. But because we think that, because we know that he's there, we can often think that he's unrelatable because he's this high up on his throne in heaven and, and we can think that he's unrelatable. And while he is high, he is holy, he is lifted up, we need to remember that in the person of Jesus Christ, he was fully man. He understands. Therefore, we can come to him as that daughter. We can cry out to him because he loves us. We're his daughters. 
If we know him as Savior, we're his daughters. And he wants to help. C, pray scripture. Psalm 1014b. And I don't have this one up there. In that. I, I do? Okay. But I'm just wanting to, the last part, that last part. So as I have prayed for Ashley's children that you heard about in last year's prayer session and in today's prayer session, I have prayed, Lord, your word says that you are the helper of the fatherless. Psalm 1014b says that. You are the helper of the fatherless. Psalm 68.5 says you are a father of the fatherless. Psalm 82.3 tells us to defend the poor and the fatherless. He loves us to pray his word back to him. And he will honor his word when we do that. Jesus quoted scripture often. When Satan tempted Jesus, what did he do? He used scripture back to Satan. He wants us to do the same thing. But in order to pray scripture, we need to know scripture. We need to be familiar with it. We need to pray it. I have prayed so many times, Lord, you are those children's father. Now he's given them to John and Ashley, but he is their father. Their biological father did not care about them. He's their father. He is defending them. And he is going to defend him on October 9th. Why do I need his help? Number three, why do I need his help? That should be kind of obvious, but I want to give you some points here. Under why do I need his help? A, the idea of needing his help, and this is a longer one, begins with our need for salvation. I can do nothing to get to heaven on my own. I can't. I cannot, I cannot do anything. I cannot get to heaven on my own. As I said in the opening this morning, you can know so. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I'm in five. That's why it didn't look right. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, meaning nothing we can do to get to heaven. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nothing I can do. As I tell my junior church kids when we talk about salvation, which we do often, I said, can we get to heaven by giving money to the church? No, Mrs. Lynn. Can we get to heaven just by coming to church every Sunday? No, Mrs. Lynn. Can we get to heaven by helping Grandma across the street? No, Mrs. Lynn. How do I get to heaven? By accepting the free gift of salvation. Acknowledging that I am a sinner and I need him to get to heaven. Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness, so giving the money and helping grandma across the street, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. 
Isaiah 53.4 tells us, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He bore our sins. When I was studying Isaiah 53.4, I thought this was very interesting. I had never heard it. The Jews, he was bearing our sins. He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That's referring to the sins he was carrying on the cross. The Jews thought he was being punished by God for his sins. No, he was bearing ours. He was the sinless son of God. And he is and was the only one who could pay the price for your sins. So the idea of needing his help begins there first. We need him for salvation. B, education won't help me. The Apostle Paul was an extremely smart, educated man, but he didn't depend on those things. 2 Corinthians 3.5, he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, because if anybody should have thought, and there is another passage that talks about it, he, this guy was something. Paul was high up in the, in, the, in the Jewish religion. He should have been able to get to heaven. But he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything. He didn't think he was anything special. But our sufficiency or our ability is of God. Everything I am is because of God, he said. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul went on to say, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. He was saying, God, my, God's grace was enough. He is enough. My grace is sufficient or enough for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly. Therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He goes on to say in verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then... Am I strong? This year has shown me just how weak and needy I am. He is my strength. So see, I need to look for him. The psalmist said in Psalm 121, 1 and 2, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. The psalmist knew he needed help and he knew where to look for it. His help came from Jehovah God, the, alter the eternal, almighty, self-sufficient God. He knew where his help came from. Do you know where your help comes from? Number four, let's look at how he helps us. He helps us through his word. Did I give you Romans 15 or not? 
No? Okay, that's okay. Romans 15, 4 through 5, because I'm just mainly referring to it. Romans 15, 4 through 5. For whatsoever things were written aforetime or before were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation or comfort grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. So I've heard people say, and yes, when we start a Bible reading plan and we get to Leviticus, we have a hard time. But Romans 15, 4 through 5 says all those things were written for our learning. And when we learn something, isn't it helping us? The aforetime means those things that were written before, the scriptures in the Old Testament. It helps us to learn all that Joseph went through. Thrown in a prison, thrown in a pit, betrayed by his brothers sold into slavery, put into prison for something he did not do, it helps us because then we see how God worked it out for him, for good. You meant evil unto me, but God meant it unto good. All of those stories in the Old Testament are written for our learning or our help. B, he helps us through prayer. He helps us through prayer. Hebrews 7.25 Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's what he's doing. He is in heaven, interceding, going between us and God, telling God, Lord, you see? God, did you see? Melanie is struggling. She is missing Mary. She did not know. She did not know. She was not prepared. She needs your strength. She needs your help. That is amazing to me that Jesus is interceding for me with the Father. Do you know that you can do the same thing? And Ashley and I did not communicate on this. <laughs> you can intercede for your friend. So many people were interceding for Selena when Fanny was sick. So many. A thought here. When you are praying for someone, message them, text them, hey, I just prayed for you. That boosts them so much. That helps. Another thought there. Oh, let me get ahead. Don't get ahead of myself, and I'll tell you it on the next one. See, he helps us through other people. He helps us through other people. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Exhorting means to encourage. He uses the body of Christ to minister to or help each other. 
When you're not in church, you think people don't care about you, but if you're not here for them to see that you're struggling, how do they know? Not everybody sees your post on Facebook, okay, or Instagram. (laughs) But if they see you at church and they know you're struggling, they can put their arms about you and pray right then. And let me encourage you to do that. When you see somebody who's struggling, pray right then. Don't say, I'll pray for you because you're going to forget. Stop and pray for them right now. Pray with them. That is amazing to me. Our speaker last year, Charity Berkey, When I shared about the um, conference coming up a week or so ago, she put on there, some of you may have seen, seen it, praying right now. And that's what she does. She does that. She will send me a voice message and pray. There's a lady in our church that'll send a text prayer. That is amazing. We can help and encourage each other by praying for each other. I think Kelly's experienced that recently, people praying and encouraging as she's walked through her son's surgery. So that's one of the ways he helps us through other people. Be one of those people. Number five, be a helper like him. Because God is our helper, he wants us to be a helper. Aren't we supposed to be like him? We were made in his image. We are supposed to be conformed to his image. He is our model. We're supposed to be striving to be like him. And since one of the things he is, is a helper, that's what we should be striving to do, is to be a helper. Our culture tends to teach that being a helper is like being a servant. Therefore, it's menial or low. But Jesus was a servant, wasn't he? And if we're supposed to be like him, then we should not mind being a helper. Culture teaches us that we should be in charge. We should be a leader. People should look at me because I'm somebody, right? But Jesus says that we should be conformed to his image. We should be a helper like he is. Be, under be a helper, be a helpmeet. Genesis 2.18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him. Help meet means a helper comparable to him that will aid, help, and succor. The aid word there. The unsaved world wants to tell us as ladies that being a help to our husband is wrong. That it's menial and second class, but that's not what scripture says. I was uniquely made by God to help that man. And he for me. And it's a privilege to be that. Let's define scripture by scripture, 
not by the world's definitions, because it's not menial. It's not low. I get to come alongside him and help him and walk arm in arm with him. That's not menial. I get to help him. I get to help him. C. Be a helper to other believers. Be a helper to other believers. The lesson when God gave me this topic was on Priscilla and Aquila. Every time you hear them in the Bible, they're mentioned together. They were a husband and wife. They were friends of the Apostle Paul. And I'm not going to read any scripture, but I want to encourage you to read Acts 18. They're mentioned in other places, but I want you to read Acts 18. Paul described them as my helpers in Christ Jesus more than once. Isn't that amazing? Paul said that these people were his helpers. They housed him. They stayed in, he stayed in their house. They worked with him. They had more than one church in their different homes. And I'm not going, this isn't on Priscilla and Aquila, but I encourage you to study them. They discipled Apollos for him. And they traveled with Paul just because they wanted to be helping a blessing. Isn't that awesome? I love that. The church and the world need more people like them. And what were they doing? They were just being like Jesus. I'm going to stop here and I'm and say something. Not everybody knows this, but the people that clean our church are an amazing group of men because they want to be helpers. They want to serve. And they do an amazing job. And I'll, I might get in trouble later, but Chris back there is the only man in here because he wants to help. That man is a big blessing to me. He wants to be a helper, and he is. He's not just running sound. He's holding a baby back there. That's helping his mama. He's emptied trash cans this morning. That's being a helper. Being a helper takes many forms. It can mean coming alongside your friend and hugging her and buying her a cup of coffee, right? It can mean praying with her. It can mean going to her house and cleaning her toilet because life is falling apart. It can be coming to church and seeing somebody left a water bottle under a seat and it shouldn't be there and you throw it away. Instead of saying, oh, that's not my job. Because if we're going to be a helper like Jesus, that means all those things. Ladies, I don't know what your need is right now. I don't know if you have ever trusted Jesus as your Savior. If you haven't, that is what you need his help for right now. That is first and foremost what you need.
And if you're wrestling with that decision, we'd be happy to talk to you about that. Maybe you're going through something difficult and need to fill his presence. Maybe you need to learn how to seek help from him through Bible study and prayer. I don't know. I do know that the Creator God wants to help you because he says he is your helper. And you don't know my story. Selena's giving you glimpses as she's working through her life. The ladies in our church know my story for the most part. He has been my helper all my life. But especially this year, when I cried out to him at my mother-in-law's house a few months ago and told him that I didn't understand why he took her and that I was broken and I needed him, he met me there. He met me there. He comforted my heart and gave me the strength to finish cleaning the house that day and get things in order and to continue on. A few weeks ago during my devotions, I prayed again. I should have written the scripture down, but I was in Psalms. Selena challenged me to go to the Psalms this year when she was going through them because I needed comfort. And I told my ladies in Bible study group, I needed comfort. So I stopped the reading I was doing and I went to Psalms. And he comforted, he's comforted me through Psalms, but I didn't write down the verse that I needed for this, but I will tell you what I said to him. Lord, you didn't stop ladies' conference. And you didn't stop mom's illness that required multiple trips to Reno to the doctor, that required wound care, that required us being at her house every day and sometimes multiple times a day. You didn't stop that. You allowed her to die May 13th. And then you have to deal with the estate. Now, I will tell you they were wise and they had a trust, but it's still a lot to work through. <laughs> and then help Ashley and John get all the mom's stuff after the estate sale that's left out of the house, get the, ready for the estate sale, get the house ready, and then get Ashley and John moved out of a 1,200-square-foot apartment and into a house and deal with all the grief as you take mom's stuff out and put their stuff in. Ashley, three or four weeks today, have you been in? So, right after we got them in, is when I told the Lord, I said, ladies' conference is almost here, and you have had me so busy with caring for mom and the death and the estate. You did not stop ladies' conference. You allowed these things. I need your help. I cannot do this. This is your conference. I need you to do it. 
think he's doing it. He loves you so much. And he wants to help you too. He describes himself as a helper, which means it's a place of honor to be a helper. If God himself says, I am a helper, that is a place of honor to be a helper. So ladies, let's humble ourselves before him and tell him that we need his help. And then let's be like him and be helpers in our home and in our churches and to everyone around us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for being my helper. Every day of my life, but especially this year, being my helper. Thank you for helping our planning team with Ladies Conference. Thank you for the help of you as you've aided and run to me and held me as I've grieved. Thank you for the help you've given just in every aspect of my life. Lord, I pray that you would help these ladies to realize you want to help them too and you want to help them be a helper. Thank you for that. Thank you for everything. I I can't even name everything. Lord, if there's a lady here that does not know you as Savior, I pray she would talk to me or Selena or Megan or one of the other ladies that could deal with her. And Lord, if she just needs to pray, that we would be able to pray and comfort her. Lord, I thank you for being with us and helping us. In Jesus' name, amen.